2: Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt.
4: My name is Noel. They called me Ben. We are joined with our super producer, Paul, mission control, Deccant. You are you. You are here. That makes this stuff they don't want you to know. As you're listening to today's show, feel free to uh, drop in your own emoji reaction, whether it's a wow, a sad, a mad. I don't know the names of those reactions available on Facebook. (laughs) I call one one of them just the O face.
2: Ah.
0: It's just the open mouth. I guess that's wow. Yeah, I call it wow. Mm -hmm. It could
4: be wow or it could be oh. Are there official
0: names? Is there a company line on what these uh, reactions should be known as?
4: I hope they all have specific proper
2: noun names like Derek or Calliope. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there actually is a title to each of those images, right?
0: Seems like a pretty um, everything in its right place kind of company, Facebook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They don't really let much fall through the cracks.
2: Yeah. Speaking of Facebook, while you're listening to this, feel free to peruse our Facebook page, uh, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, it's at Conspiracy Stuff, or our new uh, Here's Where It Gets Crazy group on Facebook. Just, you know, hang out on there the whole time you're listening. It's fine. Nothing bad will happen to you. Nothing bad that hasn't already happened. We'd like to
4: introduce you to Facebook if for some reason you managed to listen to podcasts and uh, never heard of this before and you're wondering, what the heck is Facebook? You mean the Facebook? Right, not a Facebook. And we'll get to that because there was an earlier physical iteration of Facebook, little known fact. If you were like over 2 billion people across this fair planet of ours, you use Facebook on a daily basis. Mobile traffic is a huge part of Facebook's operation nowadays because originally it was desktop and it was only for members of certain universities or colleges. But now anyone can get on it provided they have the right equipment and internet connection.
0: Isn't it crazy how mobile has advanced so exponentially? Remember a time where you still had a, a phone that barely had stuff you could do
2: on it? You had Snake and like a calculator? Yeah, it's what has it been? 12, 15, 16 years? I guess so. As it's been really, really developing? But it's really ramped up in the last more like.
0: Ten years, yeah, you know, with like the
4: I mean the iPhone's only you know a little more than a decade old, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's true, and it's an exponential growth that has prompted some questions in the industry and outside of the industry and in the minds of fringe researchers as well. Did this stuff grow organically? was it state supported on some level? The answer to that question, both of those questions is actually yes but maybe not in a super nefarious way. Regardless of the origin of this exponential growth, we know that mobile is, as Noel said, huge, and many people would not have predicted it, it's safe to say. But as of December 2016, there were 1.15 billion mobile daily active users on Facebook's platforms, whether mobile through an OS which is the safer way, or mobile through a Facebook app. Does that include um, Instagram as well,
0: since Facebook owns Instagram? No, that does not include Instagram, and that's a great question. So that number
4: shoots even further through the roof if you include Instagram, which is also hugely popular. Right. Instagram has been one of the fastest growing, especially since Facebook has been taking an increasing amount of flack over the years. That $1.15 billion number, that was an increase of 23% from December 2015. Holy smokes. And this means, you know, if we read between the lines, that there are a lot of people who do not have a desktop computer or a laptop, have have no intention of buying one, and say, I can just – do everything in my digital life on my phone. It's
0: becoming nope. more increasingly more true. I mean, you, there's a, many things that we would rely on a laptop or a computer to be able to do that you can totally do on your mobile
2: device. And it's so much more convenient and easy. And you always have it
0: right
4: in front of your eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. And you can uh, put your friends on Pokemon Go so Ooh. that their faces will be introduced, even if they introduce the system, even if they don't have an online profile or a desire to create one. You can poke
2: your friends. If you're not into Pokemon, on, you can just poke <laughs> them. <laughs> so, yeah. so, OK, here's here's my big question, and most of you already know this, but you think to yourself, well, Facebook is this massive thing mm-hmm. with all of these people walking around on their phones, looking at their profiles and stuff. It's all free, though. I don't have to pay any money to download Facebook. Ah, uh, yes. If you
4: have a service for free that uses ad revenue, you are not the customer. You are the what?
2: The product. Mm.
4: Yep, that's true, folks. You are not the customer of social media. You are the product of social media unless you are paying a monthly fee for it. And even then, if you are paying a monthly fee for something, uh, if it's not social media, if you're paying a monthly fee for your cable company or your internet connection, they're also taking your data. You are more than one revenue stream for them. And for Facebook, this is hugely important. We looked into the advertising revenue, right, where mm-hmm. Facebook publicly makes a lot of its money. And mobile advertisement alone represents 88% of all Facebook's ad money from Q3 2017. Uh, quick explanation, if we in case we're getting a little too inside baseball, in businesses uh, as you may or may not know, profits and losses and revenue are divided up into four segments per year that are each three months long. They're referred to quarters, and in business speak, in the lands where people say things like wheelhouse and granular and mm. cadence, these quarters are simply referred to as. Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. So this mobile advertising is huge for Facebook. Facebook needs this stuff to happen. And for that to work, they need to have someone looking at ads. They need to have users. That's where you come in. Uh -uh, You might be saying, not me, fellas. Not me, you jabronis, because i don 't have a Facebook profile well, just uh, hold on, hold on, <laughs> just just for now, pretend you do uh, let's let 's talk a little bit about you let 's talk about you, the Facebook users. What do we know about you so um, twenty nine point seven percent of
0: users range in age between twenty five and thirty four years old, uh, and that is the most common age demographic of Facebook use, and that 's also a pretty sweet. Marketing
2: spot, too, isn't it? Oh, yeah, all those young professionals, with all that new income. Hmm. fresh for the harvesting. Or, you know, the folks who are staying at home with their parents because they can't afford to buy, you know, pay rent anywhere because that's a whole other issue we're having to deal with. Well, that's a lot less fun, Matt. <clears throat> but anyway— <laughs>
4: Yeah, we, we do know that we should do an episode on the looming financial crisis of the millennial generation and the post-millennial generation. Stay tuned. As a matter of fact, if you're listening and you're in that age group, write to us and let, you, let us know what you think the biggest misconceptions are about your generation. And everybody does want to have some sort of attention or connection on social media, right? That's why it works, You know, you you say something that is a funny one-liner or whatever, and then you check back a few hours later. You're like, wow, 24 people know I exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sweet addiction, isn't it? It is, and we do see uh, dopamine spikes, both when you check a, a mobile phone, just in general, for text messages, and when you look at Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or what have you. So we are going to help you a little bit mm-hmm. with this. It turns out that Facebook users in general are most often on this platform in the middle of the week between 1 to 3 p.m. And they're 18% more likely to engage with whatever is posted. That means throw a like or a comment or a reaction of some sort if it's Thursday and Friday. So if you want a lot of people to see your stuff and talk to you, do it middle of the day on Thursday or
0: Friday. So, what part of the bell curve am I if I'm on it Monday through Friday, twenty-four
4: seven? We're a little bit different in that regard because, in interest of full transparency, we use Facebook for work. That's true. That's what I tell myself anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and and there are a lot of people I think uh, who who would say who would be in the same boat and say, well, I may only check it every so often, but I get notifications automatically mm-hmm. pushed or. I am always logged in because Facebook wants you to feel like it's more convenient to always be logged in. Not all of these users, though, are real. Say what? Right. CNN estimates there are 83 million fake profiles floating around, and that's probably a lower number than it is in actuality.
2: Wow. I mean, that's a sizable chunk of one point something billion, Mm -hmm. you know, users, but that still leaves you with – Over a billion users. True. Even if it's 100 million, Mm. even if it's 200 million, there's still so many human beings using this thing. And there are also people who have multiple accounts
4: of their own. So there's still a a meat sack at the other side of the keyboard or the phone. (laughs) But does that mean that only one of those profiles counts as real? Well, it's true. It's like,
0: you know, um, some folks that we work with will make themselves a work related Facebook, a, a, what they call a public facing Facebook profile. And then they'll keep their personal one so they just, you know, befriend their actual friends. Not that we're not all friends with, you know, our, our people that like the show and that we interact with.
3: We're all internet friends,
0: but, you know, it's different. Yeah. You have to separate it. I, on the other hand, I only use my one because I don't care and I'm a, 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 an attention
2: whore. Ah, same,
4: actually. On average, regardless of whether the user is real or a bot, uh, the user will tend to spend 20 minutes on Facebook per visit. Advertisers love this number Mm. because that is an amazing amount of time to spend on one website, especially one that is continually refreshing ads for you.
0: Can I ask you, you guys go. a quick question? Yeah. Have, have, have either of you ever been taken in by an online ad? Has, has an online ad ever done anything more to you than just register annoyance? Have you have you have you had a successful interaction with an online ad where it knew something about you and served you just the right product or service that you were
4: immediately like, I must have this? You mean like a civilian? Thing, like, yeah. Instead of going to complain about the ad, right? Oh, then no, <laughs> no, never. I always wonder. I just it
0: just seems very ham-fisted most of the time the way you get served ads online. I'm just wondering, like, how successful is it really? I don't, I don't know.
4: I can't think of one. It's interesting because you're right. It, it reminds me of the early days in the Terminator universe when they say the first androids were easy to spot, right? They didn't sweat or bleed or whatever. And they got increasingly sophisticated. That's what's happening now. So it may be ideal. Well, in the ideal world for some of these ad providers and data aggregation centers, it may be that they want you to not know that you are being taken in by an ad. They want you to feel like you just had an epiphany, and realized you needed a Whopper.
0: Yeah, you, you got to wonder, like, maybe even the, the, the ads that I see as being unsuccessful, maybe they're somehow implanting that Whopper idea in my head through <sighs> subliminal means. Whoa. I don't know. I
2: don't know. Or they're just doing it outright. Uh, if it's a beauty product or something, like what my wife watches on social media, mm-hmm. it's, you know, someone that she likes and is interested in and follows, but then all of a sudden a beauty product will, like, show up that the person is holding and will mention just quickly. And then somehow she wants to buy it all of a sudden. Well, and that's –
4: you know, that's a super effective thing that's happened ever since we were children Mm -hmm. with toys, right? And then there's – right now for a lot of Facebook ads, if you have a Facebook account, you have probably encountered the following just cartoonish situation. You have, let's say, made a big purchase. You have – Purchased a new car. And you're like, this is my new Toyota Corolla. And that information bounces around backstage where you can't see. And then, boom, you all of a sudden are inundated with ads for Toyota Corollas. That's silly. And it makes no sense. That's
0: exactly, yeah.
4: But that's what happens, you know? They're like, you know what? This person who just bought a boat for the first time probably wants five more boats.
0: Why not like a boat chamois though or like a boat – Trailer, you know? Sure. Why not, like, you know, get a little smarter and granular with it? Because you're right. Every time, like – or even if, like, I've looked at a product on a site and maybe I didn't buy it, maybe this is smart. It, it inundates me with ads for that same product that I almost bought. That I could see being like, well, I guess I, I could buy it. I keep mm-hmm. getting reminded. Maybe I do need it after all. But the whole boat with a boat thing just seems like a waste of, uh, of algorithm.
4: But if – 20,000 people ignore it and one person says, you know what? Yes. Is that the ratio you think? Two boats. No, that's (laughs) way too high. (laughs) It's way less. But uh, we know that regardless of the reaction, people are seeing this and you don't always – have to be on Facebook to see it. On average, those like and share buttons that go across all these websites, they're viewed across 10 million websites daily. Again, estimated, probably a lower end estimation too. Every 60 seconds on Facebook, 510,000 comments are posted, 293,000 statuses are updated, and 136 photos are uploaded and one in five page views in the U.S., occurs on Facebook, one in five, 20% of every single page view. That is crazy. But how did Facebook get there? How did it start? What, What led us to this
2: strange thing? Well, you have to go back to 2004, year of our Lord. February 5th, in fact. It was the brainchild of a man named Mark Zuckerberg. Old Marcus Zuckerberg. (laughs) He and uh, his roommate, you've all seen the movie. We've all seen the movie. Fantastic movie. It's pretty good. Uh, Remember when you first heard there was going to be a Facebook movie and you're like, how's that going to work? Yeah. That's going to be dull. I had no idea there was actually compelling stuff behind the creation of this. Uh, But yes, uh, Zuckerberg and his Harvard roommate Eduardo Severin they created this website and it was built after or off of another program he'd already created called facemash all one word yep <laughs> and um that one uh, that one was created in 2003 the year prior to it So facemash was developed by Zuckerberg he wrote all the software for it um, he made a website when he was in his second year of college and the website was set up as this, it's like a hot or not game you've seen it before online uh, at least around that time there, there was even hot or not dot com uh, that was a thing you just say yes this person is attractive or no this person is not attractive and it
4: was entirely female students two yeah. female students side by side and then you would vote on who was hot and who was not so this sounds is a great origin. yeah, which yeah. so is
0: like, like t- tender basically
4: um you know I don't uh i I, I don't Participate in online dating apps. I'm That's old smart. school. That's smart. No, but was this information stored? Was, it, was there some kind of leaderboard? I thought I remember hearing something
0: about that. Like, was it literally just you do it and it goes away? Hey, man, I don't know the ins and outs of face smash. Face smash. Right.
4: They, <laughs> did, they, did store, they did store the data. And they also, at Harvard at the time, they had a physical thing yes. called a Facebook and there was more than one, and these just had a, a picture of someone, staff, alumni, or current student, and a little blurb of information about them, sort of a who's who kind of thing. And so Facebook, the online platform, was named after this because Zuckerberg – thought they would try to digitize it. And he's like, look, I could do it better and I could do it in a week. And it turns out he was right. Because mm-hmm. today Facebook is one of the largest repositories of this sort of information on the planet. And you know, to your question, I wonder, I, I, I wonder if somewhere deep in his own secret files, completely uh, air gapped, if Mark Zuckerberg is still going through his hot or not. Yeah. And thinking for the Who? world. <laughs> for the world.
2: Oh geez. Well, and, you know, it's one of those things where when you're creating a Facebook like that, you're gathering information and one person or a team of people are creating that physical book with that information, right? What Zuckerberg realized is that people would voluntarily insert their own blurbs and then add pictures and then videos and then check into places and say where I've been. Uh, he, he was onto something pretty crazy. That's kind of deep in the heart of all of us.
0: It's very true. It's very true. I mean, we're, you know, that's why we're going to get into this later. But it's hard to accuse people of stealing your
4: data when you give it so willingly. Yeah, it's a, it's. I think the common human trait we're talking about is narcissism. Yeah is look at meitis, right, which we <laughs> we suffer from as a species but also compels our species to do some amazing things. And now what happens? What happens when one company has all of this information at its fingertips? Fast forward way past 2004, but not as far as you would think, and enter Cambridge Analytica. That's right. Um, this
0: company, Cambridge Analytica, which I knew precious little about until, you know, the kerfuffle of late, was started in 2013 – Um, The company markets and marketed and markets continues to market itself as a source of consumer research, targeted advertising and other data-related services to both political and corporate clients. So, you know, in short, they're they're kind of mining data and crunching the numbers, running it, right? Uh, According to the New York Times, it was launched with $15 million – of seed money, backing money, by billionaire Republican donor Robert Mercer and
2: Steve Bannon. Oh, Steve Bannon. That sounds familiar. Stevie B. Yes, the advisor
4: for the Trump campaign and later for a time an advisor to the Trump administration, now bitter enemy. Also was the kind of
0: power behind the throne of uh, Breitbart, this um, very divisive right-wing website.
4: And everything was going along swimmingly. Until, that is, in March of 2018, when the House of Cards began to tumble. And we will sort through the debris when we return from a quick sponsor break.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
2: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board.
3: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured, not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
1: The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening.
4: Here are the facts. On March 17, 2018, reports from The Guardian and The New York Times revealed that Cambridge Analytica, again, a data analysis firm that had worked with President Trump's campaign, had harvested the personal information of, quote, around 50 million Facebook users without permission, whether that's permission from Facebook, whether that's permission from the users, (laughs) like they would ask – this revelation came from a whistleblower named Christopher Wiley, W-Y-L-I-E, who states that he helped build the firm and worked there until 2014. Uh, the, the way this worked is that Cambridge Analytica retrieved the data from an outfit called Global Science Research, or GSR, a company owned by University of Cambridge professor Alexander Kogan.
2: Yeah, and he collected all of this data in 2013. He used a psychographic personality test app, um, and it was called This Is Your Digital Life. All one word, just uh, This Is Your Digital Life. There were, uh, there were <laughs> around 300,000 people who, in, who actually, like, got this app and installed it, and then they gave it permission to collect their personal information from Facebook, including the city where they set up the profile, the content they liked, and the information about their friends. Now, this is the most important part. It, it, you gave it permission to collect information about your friends. So that 300,000 people jumped up exponentially. It's like even when you hear about like recon, data recon that um,
0: law enforcement agencies or the FBI do where you can know something about who people interact with that actually knowing who they are kind of. Like you can see the web of communications and it starts to give you a really clear picture even without knowing the specifics about who's in the chain. Dude, well, yeah. you can do that with the white pages. That's what I was saying. But like with this, it's like they literally have like all the information. Yeah. So it's like there's no no end to the kind of stuff you could learn about people with this kind of access, right? Yeah. So,
2: so this is what happens. You get three thousand, three hundred thousand people to uh, bite on the hook. Then all of a sudden you've got the information on over 50 million people.
4: At the time, that's what we estimated exactly. Right? And then the the other the other sticky problem with this, uh, without going too far into big data, we can recommend that you check out our earlier episode on it. If you would like to learn some frightening things about Target, uh, you can find <laughs> that on our website. Uh, one one of the sticky insidious things about this is what Facebook would refer to as frictionless sharing. Right? It's a very it's a very fluffy euphemistic phrase for the process that uh, Noel and Matt are describing here. And it does expand. It's like that uh, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game, although using their using their information that they had aggregated, Facebook later found people are uh, more like three and a half degrees separated from each other, including maybe Kevin Bacon. I don't know. It's an average. I mean, how often
0: have you, like, met a new random person – on Facebook, or then you've ended up befriending them on Facebook and realized that you have several mutual friends, even if they're somebody from like another state. You know what I mean? Like it's not that far fetched. Mm-hmm. So the it's web true. starts to shrink, or at least the access to it, you know, the more you think about, you know, this these connections. Yeah, yeah
4: absolutely. And on the so March 17th, this all goes public, right? The next day, Facebook bans Cambridge Analytica and they ban uh, its parent company and then they ban Kogan himself. They also, on the same day, ban Christopher Wiley, the whistleblower. Yeah. On March 19th, Facebook stock. Plummets, takes a nosedive. On the same day, Congress starts to sniff around. Senator Edward Markey from Massachusetts says, Hey, we got to hold some hearings against these Facebook and Cambridge Analytica jokers. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. And specifically, He wrote to the ranking members of the Senate Committee on Commerce that Senator John Thune and Senator Bill Nelson of South Dakota and Florida respectively. And Markey says, we need to move quickly to hold hearings since Facebook is required to, quote, obtain explicit permission before sharing data about its users. Facebook holds an emergency meeting. Uh, They also – this is enjoyable. uh, They also – for everyone at the meeting, their version of an all hands, they have a poll – for the employees. Nice. what what you think. Uh, Zuckerberg doesn't say anything about this for three days. It's not until March 21st that he addresses it with a post on his Facebook account. Got to respect the consistency. And he says what happens is his responsibility, but there are changes made to the platform that will prevent it from happening again. He proposes a three-step plan going forward, investigate third-party apps, restrict developers' access to user data on the whole, and give users tools to see what information of theirs is being shared. So, Ben, if I didn't install My Digital Life, was
0: my data breached? Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah.
2: So – Can you explain why so that there's is? This, there's this thing where in the rules of Facebook, if you're an advertiser and you are collecting data in this way, it says that you can, as the developer of an app – take, like, glean the information of friends of the people who have actually installed your app or whatever. However, you have to use that data in a very limited way and only to improve your app that you're using. You can't actually sell that data to a third party or use mm. that data for any other reason. That that was the original, like, rules that were set up. Right.
0: And then just to clarify, that's exactly why they made that change where the third parties don't have quite carte blanche access to... Um, your friends' data only to yours directly because you have opted in to right. that third party. Precisely. App.
4: Again, yeah. it's restricted. Yeah, that's a lot like not. That's a lot like flame retardant or water resistant. It's not proof, mm-hmm. not water or flame proof. It's not. It's still not banned. Yeah, there's still a fire. And this is where some dicey things start happening. March twenty second. This all happened so quickly. March twenty second. Uh, President Donald Trump goes on Twitter, which is his social media of choice, and he appears to boast about a partnership with Cambridge Analytica. He doesn't name them, but he says people are no longer claiming his use of social media was less robust than Clinton, that being Hillary Clinton, uh, during the 2016 campaign and election. And while he doesn't outright name them, the timing suggests – that he was talking about Cambridge Analytica. Well, it's sort of like that boast he makes where he says, I don't pay my taxes, so I'm smart. It's kind
0: of like him saying, I figured out how to exploit social media, so I'm smart.
4: Yeah, I guess. You know, I don't uh, I don't follow his tweets very closely. It is, is
0: it, is it, don't you think it's sort of an odd thing to say, given how controversial this stuff has been for him to come out and say that? Sure. If he wasn't kind of trying to vindicate himself in some way or say that like – I don't know.
4: It just seems a little boastful to me. It's pu- yeah. it's puzzling indeed. Yeah, he did. I mean it's clearly a boast. Uh, on March 23rd, Elon Musk, our modern Tony Stark, our, our modern uh, Tesla I guess mm-hmm. he would want us to say, uh, gets spooked and deletes his SpaceX account. He deletes a Tesla account. Uh, Zuckerberg is invited on the same day to testify in front of the House of Reps, House of Representatives many of whom will go on to thoroughly embarrass themselves <laughs> yeah. uh, with their lack of knowledge regarding social media platforms and technology in general. I saw a really good meme where it was like a screenshot of, of uh,
0: all the people that were quizzing him, and it just had like 50 spyware search bars like stacked up on top of themselves like in their browser. Mm-hmm. You know, like those ones that like automatically install and you can't get mm-hmm. rid of
2: them. Well, they can't. They just filled their whole screen.
4: Do you think it's Photoshop? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it's just
2: – it's worth it. Now. Yeah, I think so too. Well, and here's here's the whole other thing that we're not even going to get into too deeply in this episode, mm-hmm. but some of the some of the ways that Cambridge Analytica was using this data included influencing if not just, you know, the American president uh, presidential election, mm-hmm. the entire Brexit situation.
4: Yes, that is true. That is true. And this is one of – and they're a UK-based company too, Cambridge. Mm-hmm. So this is the primary impetus for officers from Britain's Information Commissioner's Office getting involved. They're a data watchdog group. So they raid the offices at of Cambridge Analytica in London. They take their time. They're there yeah. for seven hours.
0: I heard an NPR piece where someone like was able to get their kind of dossier, their, their digital – you know dossier that Cambridge Analytica assembled about them particularly. And it, it's not the most alarming kind of sounding stuff that you might imagine. It's like you're – who who are you – what party are you more likely to identify with? You know, it represented that kind of stuff. And, and Zuckerberg even in his testimony said this is all stuff people would share openly themselves. So, you know, he – in an attempt to absolve himself. I'm just wondering what you guys think, like – How is this different? Like how, what makes this so different?
4: I want to walk through the rest of the timeline and get to the testimony here, because that is a good question. So the organization, the information commissioner's office was given the search warrant by the high court judge to determine whether the group tampered with Brexit as Matt, as you just brought up. And they are currently still analyzing and considering the evidence, right? On March 25th, Zuckerberg, uh, who has become at this point known as the Zuck in yeah. a lot of online forums, takes out a full-page ad in multiple U.K. U.S. papers. It's a it's a profound apology, repeats his three-step plan. The FTC the next day confirms that they're investigating Facebook for these privacy practices. On the 27th, Zuckerberg refuses to meet with British lawmakers. He sends one of his employees, but he does agree to meet with U.S. Congress. And while uh, – Britain is investigating this. Wiley, that whistleblower from earlier, tells Parliament that Facebook uses microphones to improve ad targeting, which we have talked about before on this show. Yes. What do you guys think? Do you think that's a real thing? You mean like on your phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've
0: certainly, and we all have, I think, had a situation where we were chatting about something and then got served with an ad about it the next day or later. I mean, I, yeah, I I think it's highly plausible.
2: I'm utterly convinced, even though I have not seen – Absolute, um, like damning evidence, Ooh. I'm convinced.
4: I, you know, we, we have to ask ourselves at what threshold can the sheer uh, number of anecdotes and firsthand experiences be accepted as, as you said, Matt, damning evidence? I think we're close to that threshold. There's, there's something we should fast forward to on April 4th. Buried in a blog post about changes Facebook is making to, quote, clarify its terms of service, you like that? Clarify? Yeah. Not correct. Uh, the company casually increases the number of people affected by Cambridge Analytica's efforts from fifty million to eighty-seven
2: million. Okay, just
4: a couple more. <laughs> yeah, just a, few, just a few. dollars
2: more. few yeah.
0: dollars. Al- almost half again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these are these are individuals
4: that were compromised, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they do go out of their way to say people, not profiles, because they think their PR team is working around the clock to humanize. Facebook and Zuckerberg. Do you think they've called out like a lot of the? We talked about fake profiles and
0: bots and stuff. I mean, how do we know that number? Like, how many in that number do you think could
2: be fake profiles? And like, I, I, I don't know. Do you remember the number of fake profiles from the top, Noel? It was, I was high. 83 million. So what if these are all fake? No, they're not all fake. It's just – it's a proportion. I'm sorry. I just – I think it would be hilarious if they only got fake profiles.
4: That would be – you know what? That would be a relief for everyone involved (laughs) except for the bot masters. Oh, yeah. But – they continue to their credit. Facebook suspends two more companies doing similar stuff, one called Cube U and one called Aggregate IQ. And then they start informing users who are affected by the breach. And folks, you're listening to this today, the odds are you probably have some sort of Facebook profile. And if you have some sort of Facebook profile, the odds are not insanely low. Uh, it's it's not super likely, but it's, it's quite possible that you opened your Facebook one day and you saw a notice that says that you may have been affected by this because either you or a friend used the app. This is your digital life. Oh, this is your digital life. That sounds like a soap opera or something for like the future. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Or a Black Mirror episode, right? That'd be a good one.
0: I think, I, yeah, we should
4: pocket that. <laughs> pocket that. Uh, so they appear to have also harvested not just the – what we would call like the metadata, mm-hmm. the connections, the time of login, the time spent somewhere. But they've also harvested content, private messages. There goes that word harvested again. Those yeah. things,
0: isn't that – that's dark to me. That's really creepy.
4: The other synonym is scraped. Yeah.
2: I've okay. heard that a lot. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Uh, so they said a small number of people who logged into This Is Your Digital Life also shared their newsfeed, timeline, posts, and messages, which may have included posts and messages from you. That's uh, according to uh, Cambridge Analytica and Facebook. They also gained access to information from the friends of the app's users, and it still honestly is not clear how many users were affected. Well, it's like a disease. It's like it's it's can contract it mm-hmm. from others. It's a vector from contact. And astute listeners, uh, you noticed earlier that Mark Zuckerberg himself refused to go to British lawmakers but did consent to go to US lawmakers and we were kicking this around a little bit off air. Why why do you think that is?
2: Well, I mean, he spent 2 days giving testimony to to the United States lawmakers. Uh, it sounds so much better when you when you call them lawmakers <laughs> instead of just, you know, the House or Congress. right? Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, he spent two days there and he had not much of a problem at all fielding questions, like you said, Ben, from people who had barely a grasp on what an online advertising is or what an app actually is is or how da- data transfers occur.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's my understanding that British lawmakers do more <laughs> so than than American lawmakers, or at least they know how to dig deep and, and put people's feet to the fire maybe a little bit more than we
4: do. It felt like this was a bit of a softball kind of situation. Oh, agreed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this goes into maybe journalistic culture too, because BBC reporters are – generally thought to be harder hitting as journalists. I we've got a short just a, uh, just a couple of choice questions US oh, nice. lawmakers asked uh Mark Zuckerberg. Would you like to hear some? Yes, please. Please. Okay. <clears throat> Senator Lindsey Graham from South Carolina asked Mark Zuckerberg, is Twitter the same as what you do? Mm.
2: Lindsey Graham asking. More what? like Lindsey Grandpa, am I right? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs>
4: uh, Florida Senator Bill Nelson is uh, fond of a particular type of chocolate, and he had mentioned that fact to some Facebook friends. And now he's seen ads for that chocolate. So he said, "What if I don't want to receive ads for chocolate?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Senator Roy Blunt from Missouri says, "My son is dedicated to Instagram, so he'd want to be sure I mentioned him while I was here with you." <laughs> it's not even a question. Can I? Can we? Like, can, can you sign this, uh, <laughs> this this meme for me, Mark Zuckerberg, for my grandson?
0: Yeah, man. Good Lord, how much more? This is comically softball. And again, like. I mean, you know, there's probably a committee that like knows how the internet works. Or why 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 aren't the FCC involved? I don't know. I just it just seems very like
4: what's the word? Just a lot of pageantry and no real like yeah. like uh action. Like a lot like a lot of theater and you can you can read uh in depth some of these some of these questions uh Matt, you really took the you really took the took one for the team because you watched a lot of
2: this. I did. I started watching the first day, and I got lost after about 40 minutes. I just couldn't. It became noise, and I just shut it down. Can you do an impression of Zuckerberg? I don't know that I can. I was listening to NPR, and they were kind of summing up some of the major parts. And I heard him say – this is a quote, so I guess I'll try it here. We didn't take a broad enough view of our responsibility, and that was a big mistake. And it was my mistake, and I'm sorry. I started Facebook. I, I run it, and I'm responsible for what happens here. And I swear I am human. <laughs> yes. I swear. <laughs> Hello, friend. It's just the the responses that were given to a lot of the major things, as you can expect, since he's under oath, he is oh, yeah. He's on yeah. the surface. Of course. Everything is on the surface. I know. He just seems pretty surfacy in general. Oh, and, I don't know. I don't know uh, much about the Zuck man. I, I feel like when I talk about mm-hmm, the Zuck, mm-hmm. I, I have this bit of envy just about how young and successful and really. You think he's happy? That I think he'd feel really
0: isolated and and I don't know. I, I
4: you know more money, more problems. And more he's not. just trying to connect to the world. Well, Mark, if you would like to hop on our show in the future for an interview, or you, if you just need some actual friends to maybe go bowling with you or something, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook where we are conspiracy, <laughs> conspiracy
2: stuff. <laughs> yes. Just so. Uh, I, I will say one last thing. Yeah. There was one, one – even though it's kind of a low blow shot, Senator Dick Durbin at one point of mm. uh, all of a sudden asked Mark Zuckerberg – what hotel he was staying at. He's like, "Well, so what what hotel are you staying at while you're here? Would you be comfortable revealing that information?" Yeah, exactly. And you know, Mark of course is like, "No, absolutely not." Because again, all of the information sharing here that we're talking about is voluntary. Yep. And uh, He has a
0: point. He <laughs> has a point. It's an interesting argument because a lot of this is based on the inherent problems of social media, but it's a contract that we all sign on for, and we accept the trade off
4: mm-hmm. you know because surely we all took the uh, time to read the terms uh, of agreement in full now Ben, I would think that's possible,
0: mind you, possible that you you have. <laughs>
4: It is quite possible, but one thing that is impossible for us to do now is to pretend that this is not an ongoing thing or pretend that there's a a full number, a full solid number of people that we know have been impacted. We can't predict the future, but what we can do is explore the troubling implications. After, that is, a word from our sponsor. From
0: BBC Radio 4.
3: I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now.
4: Here's where it gets crazy. This, granted, even though the three of us are hilarious, sounds, <laughs> sounds kind of dry. You yeah, know what I mean? Uh, but that's because we're at the beginning of a much longer story and a much larger revelation. It's a story that's been going on untold silently for, you know, since shortly after Facebook was opened to anyone who wanted to log in. And while those investigations are ongoing, it's safe to say more and more unpleasant discoveries linger on the horizon, waiting to be discovered. One of the first questions is, what other operations are occurring. At this point, we don't know. Very few people actually know. Like just, just before we hopped in the studio today, a few hours ago, it was revealed that Cambridge Analytica was planning to launch its own cryptocurrency.
2: Yep. They, they want to raise money, don't they? They want, they want to raise money to pay for the creation of a system to help people store and sell their online personal data to advertisers. Oh come on!
4: True story called a Dragon Coin after a famous gambler in Macau.
0: But I thought we agreed that, like, while in aggregate on the whole, our data is worth a lot. My data is not worth a lot. Your data is not worth a lot. I couldn't sell my data and have it ma-
4: I mean, maybe I'm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh no, they're using the the thing is they were hoping to build a system yeah. that would combat the same kind of activities they did. Yeah. The idea being that who knows better how to build a hen house than the Fox who got fat. Sure. off.
0: Okay. That's interesting. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Almost like a password wallet or something like that, or like a vault mm-hmm.
4: that you can keep your stuff under wraps, which would also be supervised by Cambridge Analytica hmm. and their parent company. There's, there's this other question, which is, uh, is it that bad? What gives, you know? Uh, the, the effort for this was overseen by uh, their former CEO, the disgraced chief executive, a guy named Alexander Nix. He was forced out of the company in March of this year because he was caught on tape bragging about his company's approach to political work in other countries across the world, including using shell companies and strategies to entrap Opponents. Ooh. Yeah. They, they famously state, and this is Cambridge themselves, that their database contains over 5,000 data points on nearly every American consumer. And if you do some due diligence like Noel did, then you will see that a lot of it seems kind of innocuous.
0: Well, that's what I was talking about earlier. I think I jumped the, the gun a little bit in talking about that NPR piece I heard where a gentleman um, was able to obtain his Cambridge Analytica profile, let's call it. I mm-hmm. think I said dossier. Um, and he – was pretty sure that it wasn't all of it because it certainly wasn't that 5000 points mm-hmm. but it was you know a, a pretty basic little collection of data points that yes you could absolutely glean from just kind of trolling someone's feed their 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 page you know their wall all the kind like is this person a Republican or a Democrat? You know, most likely. Mm. Um, are they? What kind of income bracket are they in? This is all stuff you could kind of figure out by looking at pictures and seeing the kinds of stuff people actually post about themselves already. But then, much fewer than five thousand, and he was pretty sure that he didn't. He, he that they weren't going to give him all five thousand. Yeah, mm.
4: it would be stuff that I, I love that point you make about uh, a lot of this stuff being things that you or I could find just by looking at someone's page mm-hmm. without even being their Facebook friends. Well, it's not my point. It's Zuckerberg's point. He, he said
0: that to U.S. lawmakers. That was sort of his defense, right? I mean, and that's why I think this is a really interesting question that you, you raise, Ben. Is it that bad? And I wa- I want to know, what's the difference between the stuff we share and what Cambridge Analytica is doing with the stuff they're harvesting from us?
4: Yes. OK. It becomes – murky and dangerous when it goes into political influence. So Cambridge Analytica did use this information, this data to influence elections. Uh, Per Matthew Oskowski – At Cambridge Analytica, we break up our data into three buckets, political, commercial, and first party. We work with several of the main voter file providers, depending on the preference of our clients, to access vote history and voter profiles. And then they couple that with top um, commercial data providers for – on a licensing basis, that's stuff like general demographics, geographics, purchase history, interest, and so on. Then they get R&D project data, internal surveys, research, what they call exclusive data relationships, which, as you know, in this kind of conversation, the most uh, blasé phrase is usually hiding the strangest things. Uh, And data collection through direct response projects, which is actually asking people what they think. Whistleblowers, not just Wiley, allege that Cambridge worked with Steve Bannon to sway the vote starting as far back as 2014 and this is not really a, a big deal does it seem. It's not unique. There, Everybody we ever meet is going to try to persuade us to do something without falling into relativism, right? Like the three of us are pretty opinionated people and we're trying to persuade – each other's stuff all the time. Usually we agree, but if it's a larger company, that doesn't make that impulse itself inherently nefarious until we get to what Nick's actually said.
2: Yeah, he was secretly recorded being a bit of a braggadocio a braggadoosh? <laughs> I tried to squeeze a line in there somehow. Uh, but yeah, he was bragging about how his firm, Cambridge Analytica, was largely responsible for the the election of Donald Trump as president of the United States. He described all kinds of questionable practices um, that they used to influence foreign elections. like Because remember, this is a British firm. And they're influencing the American election. But why I thought Russia was influencing the election, you might say. Oh, well, maybe it was also <clears throat> our friends over in Britain. I mean, look, I just want to say I pulled up this press release from Cambridge
0: Analytica's website, and they, they they lay out a few points here. One, no laws were broken. Cambridge Analytica did not hack Facebook. Two, Cambridge Analytica did not use the data or any derivatives of this data in the U.S. presidential election. Uh, three, Cambridge Analytica did not work at all on the Brexit referendum for Mr. Wiley is not a whistleblower.
2: It goes on. Well, well, in this secret recording of Alexander Nix, the former chief executive of Cambridge Analytica, he said that his firm did all the research, analytics, and targeting of voters for Trump's digital and TV campaigns. He was recorded saying that.
4: He also said that he had met, personally met Trump uh, when he was the candidate many times and that they deployed dirty tricks, including old school espionage stuff like honey traps, setting someone up with a sex worker, a prostitute, fake news campaigns, fake bribery scandals, operations with ex-spies and espionage agents to swing election campaigns. And this was this was recorded by an underground reporter working for The Observer. What they did is they posed as a member of a wealthy family from Sri Lanka seeking political influence. And then when the reporter, as this wealthy Sri Lankan person, uh, when they asked if Cambridge Analytica could offer investigations into damaging secrets of rivals digging up dirt – Essentially, Nick said that Cambridge worked with former spies from Britain and Israel to look for dirt and said they were doing it as they were speaking. He also volunteered that his team was ready to go further than uh, just a keyboard investigation. He's like, I've got one guy. He's a master disguise. We can send him. He can be anybody. It's like also we can entrap people with some sex workers, bring a few Ukrainians with us on the trip, if you know what I mean. Have a PP party? That was the implication, something something untoward, yes, right yes, and uh then he said that we do uh, he said deep digging is interesting, but you know it can be equally effective to just go in and speak to the incumbents and offer them a deal that's too good to be true and make sure the video of it is recorded.
2: Wow, hence the dirty tricks, and also okay, so according to Wiley, the whistleblower. Uh, he says, quote, we exploited Facebook to harvest millions of people's profiles and built models to exploit what we knew about them and target their inner demons. That was the basis the entire company was built on. <laughs> alleged whistleblower, bro. Oh, alleged. Yeah. Okay, That's yes. what We have to – oh, yeah,
4: we're going to get alleged heavy here. <laughs> allegedly heavy. That's not a bad name for an album of some sort. Oh, we should put that in the book. Yeah, <laughs> allegedly what, heavy.
2: What if it's heavy, allegedly I, I
4: feel like there's a good uh, we've got a <laughs> we've got a concept album here now, two discs. Uh, but the the question remains: like, what is what is wrong with this in a legal sense? If we have signed a contract, essentially, if we have assented to having this data traded uh, in exchange for using this free service, then what's what's the big hubbub? The problem here is that. It was used without notifying Facebook users, and Facebook really does not want this to be characterized as a data breach for a number of reasons, one of which is a majority of American states have laws requiring notification in different cases of data breaches, including California, where Mm -hmm. Facebook is based.
0: Yeah, you ever get one of those emails from your bank or Target or something Mm -hmm. saying, hey, you were part of a potential bundle of a trillion – users (laughs) who may or may not have had your information compromised, you should probably change your password. They didn't just send that to you out of the goodness of their
4: heart, did they? No, no. There's a lot of CYA there. Uh, And as we know, being a family show, that stands for cover your actions. Or aardvark. Or cover your aardvark, which I like better, actually. And the ultimate goal of Kogan who worked at the University of St. Petersburg, by the way, and received Russian grant money, was not just to collect this and build an, an anonymous database. He was working with Cambridge Analytica to build a database of identified profiles, or what they would call matched profiles. They started with the aim of making 2 million matched profiles, meaning tied to electoral registers in 11 states with room to expand much further ultimately aiming to get all 50 states to what end
2: to, to send them targeted messages about candidates very specific personalized targeted messages wow. so
4: like if you're working for uh, if you're working for the Republican party or something that's your client mm-hmm. right and you want to split a vote uh, you could say well, here's some fake news about uh, uh, Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton or something. Or you could also put out some fake or embarrassing news about a Republican rival and say, uh, oh, uh, Senator Ted Cruz is, I, I don't know, stealing peeps from kids on Easter Sunday.
2: Yeah, and you can do it with a Facebook ad. Mm-hmm. like you could buy a facebook ad spot that only targets one human person right and i think
0: another thing that came from this in terms of facebook changing their guidelines they're going to be much they say they're going to be much more strict about selling political advertisements that they're going to be much more like knowing where the, the business is coming from or something right yeah. did you
4: hear this yeah and and that's a that's a tough question too because you know it's very easy to vilify facebook now but there's it's similar to the problem with YouTube. Like how can YouTube catch every falling sparrow of inappropriate stuff people post? It's the Wild West, man. You know, I, I bet you it's going to come out in this that
0: Facebook didn't really break the law that n- not necessarily true of Cambridge Analytica, but It doesn't seem like – it's like the thing. It's like why would you do something if you're not – if there's no monetary uh, consequence in place for doing it? You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that's what regulations are all about, right? So – but you also don't know how to make a regulation until the the case comes up where it's needed. And I think that we're going to see that now. Mm -hmm. But I do
4: think that Facebook probably didn't break the law. It's interesting because you know legislation lags so far behind technological innovation, you know, which we've talked about in the show before for long-time listeners, but there's something else, a big implication that a lot of people are just now becoming aware of, and a real spooky one yeah. that that might surprise some folks, and that is the question, okay, let's say I don't have a Facebook profile, let's say I've Never logged on to Facebook or Instagram. I know their fingers on the same hand and Twitter or whatever. I didn't even even mess with MySpace or Friendsters. How much could Facebook know about me? Well, they know a whole heck of a lot because of things that are called shadow profiles,
2: called shadow profiles by literally everyone but Facebook. Yeah, so we're going to call them shadow profiles because it's an awesome-sounding, ominous thing. Here we go. You may have never started Facebook, right? You never even opened it up. Not once. Not a single time. But guess what? I hate books and faces. Yeah. Right? I'm with you, brother. (laughs) But I'm off the grid, Matt. Uh, You are off the grid. But you've got this friend that works over at the Piggly Wiggly. Here's the problem. Uh, She loves Facebook. She's on it all the time. Right, And, you know, you guys, you're just pals, so you're texting every once in a while. Yeah, I'm she, on my flip phone. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. you're on your flip phone, but she's got that sweet iPhone 5. And, uh, you know, she's on Facebook with her app. That could be a problem for you.
4: And then she maybe saves your number and labels you as uh, Hot
2: Maddie. Yeah, Hot Maddie in her contacts. That's, <laughs> that's the off-the-grid guy that I am. And, <laughs> and my piggly wiggly, <laughs> piggly wiggly friend. paramour. Yeah, yeah.
4: And so, yeah. So then, uh, the then Facebook has that piece of information, and then let's say
2: because you allow Facebook to see
4: your contacts. Yes, and depending upon your interaction or your. The amount of trouble you're willing to go to, it's very easy for Facebook to do that. In some cases, you cannot avoid
0: it. And you do have to opt in for that though. You notice any apps like that as soon as you do an action on that app that requires it to have access to your camera or have access to your microphone or have access to your contacts, a little pop-up comes up and you have to say yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a permission thing. But I guess once you've done that, that's just for you. It's not for those around you. Well,
4: it's also yeah. if you use an iPhone, it's going to be – a Tad bit better about that, and it the bloatware can be put in by a provider. I see that, and that bloatware may be such that you would have to perform a process called rooting your phone to actually get rid of it. You mean on a on an Android, like on an Android?
0: Because if you've always, I've always heard that PCs are more susceptible to mm-hmm. spyware and
2: things. I guess that's true of the phones as well. Yeah, I could yeah, I could easily see that. So let's ju- let's just quickly jump into why Facebook hates that term shadow profiles. Oh, why do they? Well, <laughs> well it's because it sounds like they're straight up making these hidden profiles somewhere on your phone or your app or maybe just in Facebook at large. Profiles of people's people in your contacts list that don't have a Facebook profile. Uh-huh. And they say that's not what they're doing. It doesn't do that.
4: But in 2013, Facebook said it discovered and fixed a quote-unquote bug. Mm. Uh, the bug was that when a user downloaded their Facebook file, which you can still do today, and it'll give you all the information they say they have on you, it'll give you all the, or at least the information you're allowed to see they have on you, all your likes, comments, mm-hmm. et cetera, your messages. The thing was that in 2013, this quote-unquote bug uh, included not just people's visible uh, contact information for their friends, but also their friends' shadow contact information. So they were seeing stuff that they weren't supposed to see. And the problem with the bug for Facebook was not that all of this stuff was lumped together. It was that it had shown people that it existed. So the extent of the connections that it built around every user was supposed to only be visible to Facebook. Yeah, And they they admit that This is – in their phrase, it's getting information from a friend or someone you know or might know. But what does that mean? That means anyone at any point who might have somehow labeled your phone number, your email, or even your physical – trying not to curse here – even your physical address will be added to that – the uh, agglomeration of information that is you. So whether it's the Piggly Wiggly Hot Maddie, whether it's a an old uh, email address from college that a friend of yours has, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like, um, it's like Hot Dot at
2: uga.edu. It was Obadiah fourteen at AOL. I knew it was him. Dang, it was, the, it was him the whole time, <laughs> Noel. Dun, dun, dun.
4: <laughs> well, Obadiah. <laughs> It's thought he looked like an opatia.
2: Yeah, I've always thought that too. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's why, that's why I chose it.
4: So this means that the average user is uh, much more exposed than they were led to believe. Mm-hmm. And Facebook's position is that mistakes happen Yeah, and will be improved. And I think, Noel, you make a really interesting point and prediction here. Will it turn out to be something illegal? Do laws exist for this sort of situation? It seems like right now – not many do. It seems like this is a case that will lead to change. We're already seeing it. But, you know,
0: big, big changes that mm-hmm. tech companies will have to abide by. And it also makes you wonder, is this going to affect user experience uh, in in a way that is unpleasant? Because I, I think it might. Yeah. I think some of the things that we take for granted on an open internet or on like an app like Facebook are no. largely because of the – the lack of barriers in some of these kinds of things and we may find ourselves being inconvenienced because of
4: fallout from the story. Right. Um, I mean that's a that's a good that's a good point and it's a great perspective to raise because as we know history proves that privacy as a concept is a relatively recent phenomenon. You know, the the idea of privacy as we understand it did not exist in centuries past, and it may well not exist by the end of this century, by the end of uh, by the end of uh, this next decade, start like twenty twenty eight. Yep. Uh, but the other thing is, this is the current lay of the land, folks. The other thing is that, as far as Facebook is concerned. None of that information that other people have about you counts as your information. That shadow information. Yeah. It belongs to the people who uploaded it. They're the only ones with any control over it. That's why, for instance, you can remove a tag of yourself on a photograph, right? And this is not shadow stuff. This is public profile stuff. You can remove a tag of yourself in a photograph. But if you want the photograph to be taken down, you have to get the person who put it up to take it down. This is dangerous stuff. And this is why, even though it's not illegal, this is why it could put people in real danger.
2: Yeah, someone who cannot have their identity known.
4: Yeah, like an undercover cop, for instance. Yeah. Or let's say a prosecutor for criminal cases.
2: Anybody in law enforcement.
4: Anybody in law enforcement. Let's say people who have uh, lives working uh, in—well, it's not legal in a lot of the U.S. here, but somebody who's working in the sex trade. Or yeah. something, And you can find these various stories of people who deleted their Facebook because they were in a profession like this and they got the scariest thing that can happen, which is someone they knew, maybe even someone they, like, put away in jail or something, pops up on the people you may know list. Ugh. Or, uh, for instance, there was – there are little things that are just Twilight Zone moments. Like you'll hear stories about – Someone who works as a receptionist at an office meets somebody for the second time and they call them by their nickname in their second conversation because they popped up on their Facebook list. Or what if you are a therapist and your clients start popping up on each person's Facebook list? This is – I mean this is dangerous stuff especially when we're – what we're getting to is um, regardless of the intent, what we're getting to in action is a violation of confidentiality. It's, it's a dangerous thing, but then we have to ask, and I keep going back to the question you asked, Noel, how can governments police international entities like this? Should they even be trying? You know, uh, it seems like the EU is taking this more seriously than the US, but there's pretty compelling evidence that this is not in any way new. We've talked about Alphabet and Google, talked about the CIA and Facebook, Cambridge Analytica. It's just – it's a gimme. It's a home run. If, if we were intelligence agencies or if we were these businesses,
2: we would feel like it was foolish not to be doing this. Agreed. It feels like there needs to be some kind of United Nations style thing just for digital uh, matters, for, for international digital matters. Something, That's a really good point, man. Something where it's like an international body that can make decisions and say anything that occurs on uh, networks that go across what lines of of states and countries. They it you have you are beholden to our group.
0: I say but we set it up and then immediately neuter the heck out of it.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's give it the League of Nations treatment.
2: Uh, and I think it needs to be run by a group of AIs. Uh, Paul's nodding. To no, say no, yes, no, definitely. No, 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 Run of no. AIs. Uh, robots They've will be manufactured. They've gotten to him. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg will be the
0: head. Oh boy! <laughs> Have you seen those memes where they like paint him up like uh, Data from Star
2: Trek? Yes, <laughs> it's really good. And it's, it's eerily, eerily works. Oh yeah, uh, but I am kind of serious. With people that (laughs) – people that actually know what they're talking about and understand A technocracy of sorts. I mean I think there should be a body that at least can enforce regulation. Well, there are several –
4: there's a wealth of bodies in the US and abroad that were built with that purpose. But of course, uh, as you mentioned before, are a little close to the entities and institutions and industries that they are supposed to oversee. yeah. Well what's the question what what happens next is this going to be a uh, a flash in the pan news wise will the news cycle move on to a different thing as the US and Russia continue to wage war for the uh pipeline in Syria oh, I'm sorry the um the wait what did you say proxy war uh, freedom and whatever what was it but the uh <laughs> But the you know is is this going to stay in the headlines? Will we ever know the full story, the full cast of players, the extent of their involvement? Uh, will it, will anybody at Facebook be charged with a crime? Will anybody at Cambridge Analytica did Facebook even commit a crime? you know yeah. Uh, that, that's what I keep going back to. Cynics in the audience would probably say, no, guys, if you token scapegoats will be proffered up for some public pitchforks and political theater, and then it'll be business as usual. Yeah. Man. But uh, that's our show But for the Today, at, and, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, by the way, yeah. we're on Facebook. Yeah,
2: yeah. if you have any thoughts <laughs> on Cambridge Analytica and Facebook's use of, de- of data and data and however you say that, uh, you know, just write to us. You can find us on Facebook. We are conspiracy stuff like really just find us there Uh, make sure you put any and all identifying information just directly into the comment box that's cool they know okay Um, but just you know put more just as much as you possibly can a list of your
4: fears your blood type um, mm-hmm. things that you worry about when you walk into an elevator full of strangers. You know, we had a funny
0: uh, realization the other day. We were looking at some of our breakdowns of, like, listenership, and there's a really huge percentage of our listenership that is uh, comes up in the data that we get mm-hmm. as unknown or something yeah. like that. Yeah, 36%.
2: Right?
0: Yeah, and Ben immediately was like, well, that's probably because our listeners might be more likely than some other shows to use a VPN.
2: Yeah, we know what you're doing right now with all your encryption And we applaud it. We think it's awesome. (laughs) VP of Virtual
4: Private Network, right? Uh, Yes. Let us know what you think about this. What do you think about this scandal? Would you, for example, would you be okay with it if you received some sort of compensation other than the use of that platform? Like if you got a check every three months or something where they said, hey, great great job. Here's for being you. Here's for (laughs) – yeah perfect yes here's for being you. Here's two dragon coins. here's two dragon coins uh and a uh couple embarrassing pictures of you from middle school don't <laughs> don't thank us,
2: yeah, we like to thank you
0: and if you, you just, just you just know which side your bet is b- b- made <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: yeah, and just remember if you know you stop using our services, we do have these pictures, and they mm. may or may not end up in the hands of your enemies. It'd be a shame <laughs> if your enemies found out about your your, your headgear. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your brace face. So
4: do you click like, angry, or wow? <laughs> Was it O-Face? <laughs> yeah, O-Face. I don't know. I, I do the heart. Yeah, that's my favorite. I like the heart. So let us know. Thank you so much as always for tuning in. Stay tuned as we return with more strange, unusual, fascinating, and at times terrifying stuff they don't want you to know. In the meantime, you can, as we have said, Multiple times in this podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. But hey, we're also on Instagram, which is uh, <clears throat> different. <Facebook>. Right? <laughs> uh, we're also on Twitter. Uh, you can find every episode we've ever done on our website, com. You can also call us directly, should the spirit so move you. We are... 1833 stdwytk
2: You got it. nailed it. That's correct. We're not going to give you the numbers. You can figure it out. It's a fun little puzzle. Just do it.
4: If you want, you can write
0: us some snail mail too. That's on our website somewhere, right? Sure. We, just, we probably shouldn't
2: read that over the air. It's fine. You can look it up. The yeah. House Stuff Works offices yeah. at Pont City Market in Atlanta, Georgia. That's, That's right. where we live. Come find us. We'll we'll just be hanging out. Uh, Paul will greet you at the door. Um, he'll probably help you get a beverage. Um, I will assist. You know, I can do some laundry for you while you're here. Whatever you need, I'll give you a nice shoulder rub. I will do a slow <laughs> clap. Okay. Cool. <laughs> or you know. Don't come to our office. And if you don't want any of that, which
0: God knows you should (laughs) not,
2: you can write to us. We are. Conspiracy at HowStuffWorks.com